Funding for Sundays on the East End comes from Duncan Darrow of Sag Harbor, who is the founder of Fighting Chance, a free cancer counseling center for the East End for 18 years. Learn more online at fightingchance.org. Well, welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We are coming to you from WPPB 88.3 FM, Long Island's only NPR station. But today... Our maiden voyage. We are uh, broadcasting from the Spur, uh, which is a magnificent uh, site for innovation and uh, networking out in... uh, Southampton, right by the train station. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's a it's big Beautiful. brick building, and uh, we're really excited to be here with our producer, Kyle Lynch. And Kyle. we have some really cool guests today. Um, we have uh, Jeff Mayer and Angela DiVincenzo, and they have a company called Blocks, Trucks, and Art. And they bring art to, and blocks, and, and, and every once in a while a truck, I've been a told. A great big 18-wheeler <laughs> named Big Mama, which is just so cool. Yeah, I, I mean, thought my, that was your name. Oh, <laughs> get out of town. Alec and I went to school together. Yeah, no, I think my name was Bebop. Bebop? I want it to be Bebop. That's it. You okay. were the lone pip. So, okay, anyway. so I'm, I'm really excited for this discussion. You know, I, uh, we both met uh, Jeff uh, just last month, um, at, actually at Amon at yep. their Writers and at Artists. At the A.J. Liebling evening. dinner. Uh, and, and again, like for a show called Sundays on the East End, there's something really holistic about how at one event we get to meet people who are doing interesting things. And, and our show has always been about trying to cast a light on people doing cool things out on the East End of Long Island. And, really unique and things. And so when I, when I heard the name and, uh, you know, kind of absorb Jeff's energy a little bit, I was like, you have to come on the show if, if you like. And then... Um, the, the more that, that, that we talked about it, yeah. the more like, wow, this is like, how do you even get to blocks, trucks, and art? Yeah, well, it's, you and I had been talking before, uh, before we, went, we went on the air about the fact that sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you're doing your job, you have your kids, you keep doing your job, and nothing changes, but sometimes having a child... Even if you've been an educator before or a writer of Toy Story or whatever, having a child in your life... It suddenly sort of the the train the train tracks just click a little bit and it becomes something different and the focus becomes different. Well, you have like an ultimate truth moment. I can remember when when uh, my daughter Maya was born. The first twelve weeks of her life were like I was being rendered by the CIA, like sleep deprived, <laughs> and like looking at this little creature who who when, when she was born her body clock was turned around so she would kind of wake up at 8 p.m. and go to sleep at 8 a.m. in her thing and and there's this there's all these aha moments of like I'm responsible for this other creature how am I going to do this everybody has opinions everybody has whatever but you learn by doing and I can remember you know about three months after she was born sitting or five months after she was born sitting at a mommy and me and somebody saying well has being a dad changed your writing and I'm like no it's never going to change my writing and of course it changes everything when it, it it's the ultimate truth so well it's amazing I mean it also depends what you know, if you have a special needs child or if you have a child, you know, and it can, it doesn't have to but happen. Every child in early- has their own special needs. I know there's, there's, you're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, maybe, right. but like I, I, to me, 
it's really, it, this rekindles the child inside of you while you also absolutely. have to be the parent. Yes, absolutely. And also, you know, I mean, to blocks, trucks, and art, we're going to be talking with Jeff and Angela, but it's funny because, of course, like my sister Emma Walton Hamilton was already a writer, but when Sam, her son, Sam Hamilton, my nephew, developed this obsession with dump trucks, she started a whole series, Dumpy the Dump Truck. And, you know, so you, you just never know. So it can be that you continue in the same line of work. Yeah. But it somehow shifts because the focus. I is remember I, I, I remember blocks as a kid. Like I had blocks in my room and there was a moment. I mean, there was a whole period where I the blocks were alive. They could be cars. They could be this. They could be dragons. They could be everything. And then there was a moment. And I don't I can't I'm not conscious of it where they just became blocks. And that was sad as hell. Was that was like, like when you were like 33, 34 years old? Four, 45. No, no. <laughs> it, it, it's, I, it's, the blocks were still there when my, when my brother was born, and, uh, and they were just blocks. They were like, why do we still have these things here? And that's sad to me. Yeah. That's inherently sad to me. That's that Peter Pan moment where you stop seeing the magic, uh, which again goes to art. Uh, and well, we've mentioned this before. You know, I, I, there was this series of coloring books. They were non-coloring books in the '90s, written by a woman named Susan Stryker. And I always remember the picture. And I have said this on the air before, so for, you know, forgive me for repeating. But where it showed like a, a kid who was like five years, five or four years old, just before they started school, drawing a seagull. And it was like this crazy seagull with a big smile, and one wing was bigger than the other, and it was tap dancing. And then after they went to school, it was just a check mark. Because that's how you were supposed to draw birds in the sky as right. check marks. So, so, school, so schools ultimately can, or, or just the process of being educated, can ultimately take away that magic. Well, I think that's Jeff and Angela, and, and, and really not poo-pooing uh, or dissing any of the, I mean, we have wonderful art programs in the schools out here, but I think that sometimes you see that something's missing, you see that there's a need, and you want to come in and fill that need, and I have a feeling that's what blocks, trucks, and art yeah. is about. And, and, and but again, it's a, so it's a, it's a lot. It's like, like the best topics I think for me it seems very simple and yet it kind of goes to the ultimate truth of existence and that you know what we're really I think always struggling with is how do you stay authentic to yourself and in a world that is increasingly not authentic yeah um and and yet uh and how do you harbor creativity within yourself without letting the outside world right and the and the the children teach the, the parents so really cool topic yeah. uh, and, and I can't wait to, to begin and include uh, Jeff and Angela in our conversation because right. we can go on and on. And, of and, course, we, we, we do go on and on. Know, <laughs> anyway, you're listening uh, to Sundays on the East End here with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. You can listen to us here on WPPB, Long Island's only NPR station, or you can stream us at www.883wppb.org. We're coming to you from the Spur in Southampton and we'll be right back after this. 365 days a year, WPPB is working for you on the air and on our website. WPPB has a helpful community calendar on our site. Just go to 883wppb.org to the community calendar tab and tell us about your activity or event. It's free, easy, and fast. WPPB is the voice of the community, 365 days a year, seven days a week, on the air and online. Spread the word about your community events. Go to 883wppb.org. We are back uh, Sundays on the East End. This is Alex Sokolow. And Bridget Leroy. 
Um, and uh, let's uh, let's bring in Jeff and Angela to our conversation. Uh, very excited uh, to a- to get to know them and to meet them. Uh, and, Jeff Mayer and Angela DiVincenzo from Blocks, Trucks, and Art. Right. And uh, welcome, guys. Thank you for coming Thank on. you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk, all right? Blocks. What's yeah. up with Blocks? What's up with yeah, Blocks? Let's, let's take this, like, let's really, like, break this yeah. down. Blocks, Trucks, and Art. In the order of the order. Well, with Blocks. So Blocks, you know, I, it's a great place to start because it really was the start of my career as an educator. I went to Bank Street College of Education, which is known to be a really beautiful, progressive yeah. school for teachers mm-hmm. in Morningside Heights up on 112th Street. And while I was there learning how to be a progressive educator, um, I became an intern at the City and Country School. Oh, wow. Which is a gem of a place. It's on 13th Street in Greenwich Village. And um, I think that and Are it's, you in New York originally? I'm from a little town, an area in Rockland County along the Hudson River, Piermont, Nyack, New York. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm from those parts. So I, but my family has always had businesses in the city. So I, I'm a city girl at heart. Right. Um, growing up every weekend, uh, my parents are Garmentos and my grandfather. So a big piece of me is a New Yorker. Um, and I went to NYU when I was 18. And I'm just curious, did, did, so. did you have an artistic upbringing? I mean... Um, did I have an artistic upbringing? I think inside I've always been a little artist, you know, not as a visual painter or things like that, but I've always loved to write. I've right, always right. loved reading and words and language, and I was a dancer most That's of my life. Okay, what kind of dance? I've done a lot of dance in the realm of African dance, actually. I would say that's my, my, a big base for me as a dancer. Yeah, how, how'd you guys um, meet? Uh, that's it. you are you what do you, do you, I don't even think He's this good. is out there about us, but we really came together through music. Yeah, because because uh, um, Jeff was was a DJ, yeah. still, still is, is a DJ. So he's a still DJ is. every is, sat- yeah. every Saturday at Tuto in Sag Harbor. Yeah, we've yeah. been doing this little vinyl only session at Tuto in Sag. It's That's been so fun. Cool. But he we we met on and I uh, dance. We met on <laughs> yeah, literally. So, okay, so you met uh, through so music. So we, you know, we, our first date, he was just like, I got to take you to this little underground spot in the village called Love. Mm. And there's this DJ, Joe Clausel, and it's amazing. And I think that was our second or third date. We just danced, and that was it. Well, it's funny, it. Angela, it was, she was like, wait, you're a house DJ? And, you know, she just knew house music as big, cheesy Hey, Jelly Bean Benita is from my day. No, Jelly Bean was the real deal. He's, <laughs> but from my day, I'm right? Like, but he's proper. He's but not I really, like I mean, you know. He, I think she's thinking Jersey Shore. Oh, kind of. Oh, you know, like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Like, I don't know if I'm going to really house. be into this. And uh, I said, no. My 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 man Joe Clausel is no joke. He's playing deep stuff. And I took her down. And every Sunday we'd we'd be at that party, and uh, we would dance for what six hours. Oh, right, so so, nice. so which romantic. is beautiful, and it's also it starts with a place of freedom and play, and you know, music. Anybody that loves to dance or loves music, music takes you to places that are nonverbal. It takes you to places where you're just you are. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get back to the blocks. And then, and it was bikes too. Actually, as I'm talking to you, bikes, like, right, right. Our, we also took used to take bike rides and dance. That right. was really the very beginning. And Jeff, you, you, on you, the bike. you, you, you were and are a BMX. Uh, I, you know, I've, yeah. I'm, 
what, how old am I? I'm 48 now. Uh, I've been riding since 1978. I was on a bike and parents moved us out of the suburbs in New Jersey, out to the country by Pennsylvania in New Jersey. And uh, I got into biking because there was really nothing else going on. If, I didn't, if you didn't ride horses, you were kind of on your own. And I got into the BMX thing. I had, we had a Christmas tree farm and I built a bunch of dirt tracks in my backyard. Uh, how old were you? Nine, ten. Wow, you were really like. He's always and, and been focused. Like, so here's, I've always wondered this about, and I'm not. Uh, I was not a skateboarder. I was not a bike like biker in that way. Um, when you're when you're doing this as your kid, are you like just getting off on? Let me see if I can just do this jump a little bit farther. Let me see if I can spin the bike a little bit more. Is that? You know, honestly, when I started, there really wasn't much. It was we, 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 I was in the very early days of BMX. I okay. mean, I think BMX was happening Explain on the West Explain what BMX Coast. is if there oh, was bi- someone bicycle in this room motocross who, who basically wouldn't know what it is. Basically is what BMX stands okay. for. Right. And, you know, so it, they're, another, they're like dirt bikes. Yeah. Without, I mean, well, no, they're pedal no, bikes. No, 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 no engine or motor, just bicycles okay. where you're, the design of them allows you to do tricks. So there's, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. Wheelies. And why, and why are they so small comparative to the human? So you can throw I, you them know, I think so. You could, yeah, probably. So you could spin them around easy, right? I think it just started out. You know, back then, you, you're you're 10 years old, you're 11 years old, 12 years old, getting into biking. So you didn't really need a big bike. And right. I think it just, you know, as as the sport progressed, they would increase the size of the wheels for older riders. Right. Uh, to 24 inch and 26 inch, but the standard BMX bike is 20 inch wheels, and you know. Uh, and what and what's your signature move? My signature move now? Probably. Well, then, we're not at 48, but like somewhere. Probably that one. It's a picture that Angela just handed me of him like upside down. Yeah. I, you know, I liked <laughs> like riding. I really got into the half pipe riding. Uh, we were pre-X Games when I was competing, uh, when I was pro. And I just liked carving the ramp. The ramps are usually 30 feet wide in a contest, 10 foot tall. And I liked going from one end to the other really high and smooth and just doing tabletops, inverts, stylish tricks. Uh, that weren't too dangerous. You know, I didn't, I, I pushed myself, but I never wanted to push myself to the point where I would get injured right. and be out of the sport. And, and was there, in your mind, a direct correlation between that and then becoming a DJ? You know, I, 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 have, I still don't know how it happened, but I, I can tell you, ironically, uh, there was a contest. Again, this is, we were doing these contests called the Tulip King Avert Series, and there was one actually out here in Southampton at the, at the local community college. Right. And... Um, this, these guys from New York City uh, were at the contest. They knew who we were from all, being in all the magazines. Back then, there was no internet. There was no Instagram. So you, you, you knew people through magazines. And they were like, you know, we know you guys are in town. Um, you guys should come back to the city. We work at this club called Mars over in the West Village uh, in Chelsea, meatpacking, whatever. Right. And uh, they brought me there. And I was a rock and roll guy, metal guy. I was, you know, Dio and, and Black Sabbath. Like, that's what I rode to. And was into they took us to mars and and i heard we walk in and moby before he became moby was djing um one turntable into a drum playing house music oh wow and i said what is this and my boy's like this is house and yeah. we we're gonna I, have to play some moby instantly changed from metalhead right. i went from that night on i said this is what i want to do next. and so so your life has changed profoundly from uh going to a place called love and going to a place called mars yes <laughs> And and women are from Venus. Where men are from yeah. Mars yeah. and women are from Venus. Venus. Yes. And, oh my so gosh, okay, that's so awesome. So okay, so let's and so now I ask again, blocks. Okay, so blocks. You know, I, city and country. I really have to 
plug that very special place because it was my introduction into being an educator working with young children and it's a very radical school yeah. founded by a super radical thinker named Caroline Pratt and she really believed that children needed a different approach in order to learn and that was through play and um, but the play she really wanted a more serious approach to play serious so, play that yeah. sounds like a paradox and that's actually a quote of or her is that she really wanted wanted a more serious approach to play, meaning content and context. So when you provide blocks that which are open-ended, as you were saying, Alex, that they can be a boat, an 18-wheeler, a person shopping in a supermarket, um, you know, there's a narrative, there's a story that develops, right. and this is how children make sense of the world around them. And making sense of the world around you when you're a little developing child is really where it's at. And, and what, all right, if I may ask, like yeah. what led you to early childhood development? Yeah, well, I actually was a writer right out of college in the village. I worked at Time Out New York, and I loved food and restaurants and and just city life. So I was reviewing restaurants and hotels and bars, and I loved writing, but I really felt it was very solitary, and there was something in it that wasn't quite me, and I always dreamed about uh, By the way, I still feel that, and I've been doing it for 30 plus years, so. <laughs> and I was a dancer, so I'd be sitting in like my office, and I would go into the bathroom, and that was like my little venue. I'd like stretch and do all these crazy things, and I'm like, I just, I need something that's a little more active, yeah. a little more um, connected with people. I've always loved kids. I always dreamed about being a mom, and I would be sitting in my office in Soho being like, so when I have a kid, am I just going to be in this office all summer when my kids off from school so I you know my father was always involved on the board of our local public school my mom's a teacher so I think it was a little bit in me and um, I had a boyfriend at the time who his whole family were little red people so they were little super progressivists because oh, uh, I'm, I'm like a Jew from the Upper West Side so yeah. you say little red this people I think communism <laughs> I go right to like I go, well they were wait, wait, they're oh, little yeah, red honey. people little like, red you talking about my grandmother uh, well his grandmother <laughs> you know is a writer the grandfather was a union lawyer these were people right. that were entrenched in their community and so being you, active socialists so you wanted to connect uh, and you related to children yeah so that kind of put and you then the, and then his grandmother was like if you want to be an educator and work with kids you've got to go to bank street and it just opened my world so up to great. a different so, kind of education so we, we've gotten know. to the point where you're on the path toward early childhood education yeah. you've planted the seed of blocks trucks and art mm -hmm. and you're creating dirt paths for your bike and uh, you know spinning spinning records and we're gonna come well, back right, and both of them where you're actually finding a groove Right. Yeah. 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 You both are finding your groove, and I, that's probably a good place to take another little break. A little interlude. Mm -hmm. uh, you're listening to Sundays on the East End. <laughs> that's Alec, <laughs> Alec Sokolow, and Bridget Leroy. You're listening to us here on WPPB live from the Spur today, and we'll be back after this. Is there someone in your life you'd like to honor? Family member, friend, an unsung hero? Nominate them for a Merci Bouquet, delivered free from Sag Harbor Florist. Send name and contact information to bonnie at 883wppb.org and listen Friday mornings on the Media Mavens on WPPB. Merci Bouquet, giving thanks to our community. Roll on! 
We are back, Sundays on the East End, uh, WPPB, 88.3 FM on your dial. This is Alex Sokolow. And Bridget Leroy. And if you want to make a donation to the station that's saving the nation, as Eddie Drummond would say, you can go to www.883wppb.org, or you can also underwrite or sponsor this show or other shows. And we are, we're coming to you from The Spur in Southampton, which is such a gorgeous space. And they do so much innovative stuff here. Their, uh, their logo or slogan is Work, Play, Learn. Alec and I are both members. And we're super excited to be here with our producer, Kyle Lynch. And our guests, Jeff Mayer and Angela DiVincenzo of Blocks, Trucks, and Art, which uh, goes to schools around here. But tell me, so we've, we've discussed right, so the Blocks. I think we've, we've, we've yeah. conquered the Blocks. So... <laughs> Trucks. Trucks. Where does that come in? Where does trucks and come in? And I assume in? that's when we also bring Luca into the picture, yeah. your child. So I'll let you start. Should we I start, Jeff? All right. So we had we got married and had this baby. Tell me, oh, oh, you got married. Where'd you get, where'd you get married? <laughs> we got married on the Lower East Side at the Rivington Hotel. Nice. And got married got in a club. In, All right, you know what? I actually went. I, I went club. to when I was a kid growing up. I went to a wedding at the Mud Club. Which was like amazing. a wedding at the mud a, a club. A wedding at the mud club. So, which I guess has been shuttered for we, a long time. You know, like everything else we do, we, we wanted to stay authentic to who we were. Angela, dancer, yeah. um, me, a DJ. Friends of ours are like, you know what? Sunday, you can have the Rivington Club and the hotel for no no charge. Um, it, and we hired all our we hired all our friends that, that are DJs to come DJ the oh wedding. Man, we, really we just had a party. We had a celebration. Party. Right. You hired guests for your party. That's so sad. Actually, no, they kidding. did it for free. They actually <laughs> no. right. we didn't hire them. We uh, we got, we really like got all our friends to be a part it was of the fun. part of the party. You know, he didn't want any anyone to DJ this party unless they were like his people. Right, right. It was very, the music piece was so important. So we so, had a great singer and we, drumming, dancing, and we got married in the club below right. the Rivington Hotel. And what you're known for today is having this 18-wheeler truck that uh-huh. brings art around to Ed Blocks, of course, to different venues to work with kids. So like, where do, we're at the Rivington. Yeah, so how do trucks. we get there? How do we get all to right. the trucks? So, well, it's, it's really all about little man Luca, okay. our boy, who's eight years old. And um, we had Luca in 2010, and I think we just dove all in. We, we just really, I don't know, we, we, we let him lead us in so many ways, and Luca was born with a cleft palate. And I think that was a, I think it was a piece of all this, but I don't really know because right. we don't know any other way than having a well, boy who had a this piece. issue. Luca, you know, his cleft palate, the doctor said, uh, it, it's not the lip, it's the hole in the roof of the mouth. Okay. Right. So it's not visual. And um, it was, they said it's going to make his speech delayed and, and hard for him to, to learn because all the air was coming in his mouth and out his nose. So sounds were not going to sound normal and he was going to have to be going through several surgeries um, over the next seven years. At six months old, living in Brooklyn Heights at the time, uh, Luca fell in love with the fire truck, ladder 118. <laughs> and um, you know, he started mimicking the sounds of the truck. The more we saw, I'd bring him down daily to see the truck was a few woo, blocks woo. away. Woo, woo. Oh, that's so, so cute. So trucks really started him getting to use his voice. Then it was the garbage truck, DSNY, coming by. Wow. And he'd mimic the crushing <laughs> of the, oh. the garbage in the back. And, yeah. From there, me and him would just hit the road every morning before I'd go to my job. Um, 
we'd spend an hour going around all different parts of New York City and Brooklyn and Queens looking for different trucks. And over three years, we saw how the, the inspiration of him and meeting and seeing these different trucks would it just inspired him to keep pushing to use his voice. I think it's so it's so amazing. I think when you you're. I mean, we were talking about how a child, having a child changes your direction. When you are lucky enough to have a child who has a passion, I think as a parent, you'd like do everything you can to encourage that passion. 100%. And yeah. I really, I do want to step in to just like give Jeff like this compliment because I, I think, yeah, you know, we can see the passions that kids have, but the way that Jeff took this passion and ran with it alongside Luca. Right, but I, I would go back to this thing, and I could, forgive me if really I'm like making it sleep, but, but it's you find your groove. And so you found your groove yeah, as a dad. He did. Listening to your son. Totally. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. And... And what he was doing as an educator, we call that an emergent study, mm. meaning right. that Completely everything immersion. in this child's life was about trucks. So they would take photographs, they would interview the truckers, they would start des describing all the characteristics of and the parts of a truck and the styles of trucks and the way that an excavator was different from a mini loader, was different from a backhoe. It was an immersive emergent right. study. And I was really, you know, just observing and watching all this happen and right there with them, but it was really their thing. Um, and it grew and grew until they started actually looking at trucks online and then visiting trucks for sale. And how old is Luca at this point? Three. Yeah. Wow. And never really thinking we're going to actually buy this truck. It was more an opportunity to get a more deeper but we connection took it with up. the truck. We would go out now on the weekends. We'd take trips out of, out of the city and we'd go to Pennsylvania. We'd go upstate. We'd go down South Jersey we're just looking for trucks for sale that we would find on some of these Facebook pages. I joined a bunch of truck Facebook page. And, um, <laughs> and we want to get to like how you actually ended up out here as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah and well, how you to, ended up to, with to, Big Mono. To, to paraphrase uh, Blazing Saddles, what are two dazzling urbanites like yourself doing <laughs> in a rustic setting like this? Yeah. <laughs> Big right. Mama got us here. Yeah, our truck <laughs> brought us real. here, literally. Um, so, so tell us that in love. They fell in love with this truck in New Jersey and decided that they had to have it. And right? what was unique about this one truck? Big Mama You know, I think so as beautiful. a kid, <laughs> I think you said something earlier about how, you know, the, your, your kids can bring out different parts of you and your, your childhood. And I know as a kid, uh, there was a show called BJ and the Bear. Of course. Um, I and, don't, what do you mean, of course? I've never heard of this thing. You know, it was on, it was on uh, I think it was on NBC, and this yeah. is probably in, in early 80s. And yeah. there was this truck, it's called the Kenworth K100 Aerodyne. BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bear. Yeah. It's about like a guy a, and, and a like monkey. Like Dukes of that, Hazzard yeah, kind of Yeah, it's Dukes of Hazzard, but oh, out of okay, an 18-wheeler. Yeah, I, so right. I was like Charlie's Angels or yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> I was doing girly stuff. But it, it, it had me at BJ, so. It was a whole other show. Yeah. That was Channel 23. That was Ugly George. Right. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, so yeah, BJ and the Bear. Uh, so this truck, I think, brought me back to that moment because it's the same truck, just different color. And uh, I never forget going down. A friend of ours on, uh, on the Facebook page from Canada said, there's a truck that you kind of like in South Jersey. It's not up for sale yet, but here's the inside info. We went down the day after Thanksgiving, one year as a family. And this retired war vet, um, Wayne DeJuck, his name was. He was a truck driver. Then he was re he, he was retired, and he was using this truck as a show truck. He took us for a ride in it, and uh, you know we get we got to an area where he was turning around in a cul-de-sac, and I said, "Can I get out and take some pictures?" 
And he turns to my wife and he says, you know, your husband's a truck driver? And she said, no, he's an artist. <laughs> and he said, what the hell does that have to do with buying my truck? Yeah. So he right. thought we were completely wasting his time. Right. Um, we get back and I said to him, look, we're really interested. We have no money. Um, my wife's an educator and I, I work. Um, well, what was your, I mean, what was your vision? I mean, you were going to buy my vision. I was going to buy this truck for Luca, for Luca to inspire him through the surgeries. And I'd figure out how to drive it. It was and just and the cab. And, and, and I know. That's so effing beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's so really crazy, poignant. beautiful, and so like cuts right to the core. Well, you know, it's funny. Everyone thought we had we, no we, we, everyone other than that. That's that we tell the story to just thought we were this these rich people that just yeah. bought a eighteen wheel and eccentric. Like, quite the opposite. You know, <laughs> so we he he really, uh, you know, he just said, "I don't know, Angela, what we're going to do with this truck, but we, I know that we need to buy it for Luca." It's all I know. Wow. And well, I knew he was going to be faced with, you know, a few more years of surgeries. And, and after watching the first two surgeries, I, I was just, you know, I, I had to do something bigger than just taking him around looking at trucks. Wow. So we bought this truck. And, you know, long story short, I, I told the guy, let me come back with the deposit. Will you hold it? He started taking us serious. And I think he saw that, you know, that we came down as a family. He, we weren't just wasting his time. Um, so I drove the next weekend, gave him a $1,000 deposit. And I said, look, I don't have any more money, but give me a few months. Long story short, um, our bonus that year, um, I worked for Rockstar Video Games at the time. I was running their branding department. And Rockstar our bonus Video came Games, I saw early. That your, that's so cool. And it was exactly the difference between what I owed him. And I said, it's a no-brainer. Uh, so the universe never says no. And it my wife said, you're, wait, so you're no. buying this truck. You don't know how to drive this truck. Yeah, you, did you have to get a special license? You had to get a CDL? Mm, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. We had nowhere to put it. We didn't know what we were going to do. I said, you but know, don't worry. But have the money We have the it. truck. We had yeah. the money. Yeah. I got the truck. Um, I found an old farmer friend of mine out where I grew up, out by Pennsylvania, that said he'd let us keep it on his property, which is near my mother. So we kept it out there. On the weekends, we'd go out, and I would take it out the, on the property just to play around in first and second gear. It's got 13 gears, and I was intimidated. And he would sweat beyond. profusely. Oh. And you were doing this with Luca. With Luca. We would go out and wash it. We would put, you know, Johnny Cash still lives in the CD player. Um, oh we would change the air horns to old school air horns that match the vibe of the truck and really bring this thing back to its original state. And I saw what it was doing for Luca. And I said, we're doing the right thing. And, I, and after, you know, some time uh, driving it, learning how to drive it. Luca, I'll never forget, one day we're sitting in the truck at the edge of this guy's driveway where we kept the truck, and he said, Papa, truck, go, truck, go. Oh, wow. And I'm like, Luca, I'm, I'm, once I hit the pavement, I got to keep going. Right. And he goes, go. Wow. And you did. And he did. We did. And you and ended up on the east end of we Long We wound Island. up out here somehow. We didn't stop until we, <laughs> and I ran out of space. We're in Montauk. I'm like, now where? <laughs> Ireland. That's yeah, beautiful. That's no, beautiful. but that's pretty much it. We were using the truck on the weekends. We would go right. out and, and go for and, ice and, cream. But you know what? I, what I pull from that that anecdote is is your son being able to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Again, we're dealing yes. with all the issues. Papa truck go. I mean, come on. That's, I mean, his whole vocabulary in his early years were all you know. He knows everything to do with trucks and diesel parts. So, right. but it did work. Yeah. Well, now you're coming up to having to have a family conversation mm-hmm. about direction and what the plans are. Yeah. So tell me about that. At what point did, did blocks, trucks, and art become well, we're a concept? We're not quite to art yet. We're still got we're in the truck. So this is now the <laughs> so truck is now entered. He really likes the, the truck. The truck is in our world, right. and our friends in Brooklyn think we are out our minds, and we are like we're having a blast, right? Yeah. We're going out on the weekends, visiting the truck out in New Jersey. And bringing our friends out to come for rides with us, going to get pizza, going to get ice cream, um, and it was it was fun. But we did 
have... We snuck in some beer runs, too, at the yes, truck, yeah. which and is pretty have, funny pulling up it, to a liquor it, store in the um, country in a semi. And we took it food shopping one yeah. day. <laughs> Jeff has a great photo of Luca and And was the truck called Big bags. Mama before? Did no, you know? the truck didn't have a name, but we just kind we of... Gave it, it we name. gave it the name because Luca would hug the bumper, her <sighs> bumper, every time oh we'd God. leave it. We were both going to burst into no, tears. No, I mean, for real. He was 100%. He would give it a big hug, and he's like... We just said, you know what, this is our big mama. That's, br- that's brilliant. Wow. No, every okay. time he would and so, see it. And so you're driving it out yeah. here. I, I, I didn't drive it out here. We hired oh. some. I don't have a CDL. So okay. to drive, the truck is an 81 Kenworth with 1.6 million miles on it. Um, we are historically what? plated, which gets us around. If I just use the cab, it's like an old car. You know, I can drive that without a special license. Okay. Um, right. So I'm told. But to haul the trailer. <laughs> but with the trailer, I go story. over the the weight ton, the t- weight tonnage, the tonnage that you're you're legally allowed to drive with. So I need a CDL to pull the trailer. For now, we have a driver. And and when did you? If if I'm not leaping too far too quickly, when did you start using the truck in like utilitarian ways, like in practical ways? Um, when we don't hits, use it for practical ways at all. Oh, I thought no. I thought that you you. Oh, no, it's me. just yep. for the art. So no, it's 100 no, percent for the kids. So basically, it, to get to your your question, I, you know, I said to Angela, I, I was 10 years at Rockstar Games, not a game player, but they had an amazing um, team there. Uh, of any any department they had, they had the most respected people in the industry working for them. Um, I just didn't like now having a kid seeing what video games are doing to kids and. You know, I, not that I'm trying to drop names, but, you know, like Grand Theft Auto to me was not something I wanted my kid to get his hands on. Uh, that my was their big game. My kid got his hands on every single version yeah. of it. So I, <laughs> I, I said to my wife, well, I said, look, that, you know. That goes back to being a parent. So, like, before I became a dad, I didn't realize I had a philosophy. And then when I became mm-hmm. a dad, I was like, oh, I have a philosophy. I'm culturally very permissive and I'm technologically very conservative and I had no idea about that so I think that in a way you have a philosophy where totally. you're like I have no rules I'm the opposite I'm an I'm an underbearing parent so I'm, I'm <laughs> unfortunately. crazy with the digital piece with uh, with our son and and I say crazy because in these days it's really hard to get kids to come away from this iPad i you know, iPhone culture, right. and I, and and I think it's, and I think it's too. really right. hurting our kids, especially little ones, it must where be the brain is really d- still developing. With these kids that are now getting iPads at six months yeah, and pushing I, I, buttons, it's killing but me. I mean, but to go from that for you guys to be brave enough to start something that's based on blocks. We're going way back. Yeah. Well, that was the Bicycles, whole blocks, but, but, but and But there is, there is yeah. connective tissue here because it's, you're, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing, uh, and no judgments, but you're seeing the, what a video game can do to a young brain Mind, that's developing. Yeah. You, you have a young brain that's developing and you're, you're, you're deciding to kind of walk the walk, basically. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think we're, we're really trying to, everything we do, uh, we're, we're anti-tech in the sense that when, you know, anybody that has an iPhone, they check it in a basket when they come on our truck or to our program. Uh, the older kids, obviously, yeah. the younger you know, kids so don't my, have my, them. My yet. daughter's 22, and she's a senior at Bard up up in the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mentioned it because she's taking a, a class that's a seven-hour class where they check their phones at the door. And she's so excited and scared initially but then excited at this idea of this block of time where there's no technology and it's just thought yeah i mean i think that's it's great i think that's where it's at we we watch it with we were at a birthday party over the summer a family we met at hayground had us to a picnic and all the kids were in in one room all zoned out on their their devices 
And Angela went in the room and said, guys, no, 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 um, give me your devices. And she, she broke out a board game. And then all the kids were social and working and having more fun interacting with one another. I think, you know, that's what it's all about. There's a having little that. wrestling on the floor, but we're like totally <laughs> cool with that. Yeah. You know, this is what they should be doing. Right. So this truck, you know, Jeff, we were having a dinner party in Brooklyn and some artist friends were with us. And Jeff said... I had this vision with Big Mama, and it just really came out of nowhere. Um, I really see Big Mama at a camp. I see Big Mama on a field with grass and with a big trailer that we build out and designed this really funky, awesome workshop space where kids could work and play. We didn't have the trailer. We just bought the cab for Luca. Oh, okay. So the trailer was a, happened a few years later. And I, my reaction was like, you are, again, crazy, because I was coming from this school standpoint, right. working in these really beautiful, prestigious private schools in New York. I worked at Chapin City and Country School, and my last eight-year tenure was at Packer Collegiate Institute in Brooklyn Heights, where I was the lower school learning specialist. And I believe, you know, work with children is really intentional and organized, right. and you know, and I just didn't and purposeful and deep in terms of pedagogy and planning and the idea of rolling up in an eighteen-wheeler um, at <laughs> just a camp opening, opening right. the, the lift sounded yeah. like a hot mess to me, and I didn't want anything to do with that so I'm like I don't know Jeff that sounds beautiful like as a picture but really to roll something like that out with the integrity that we'd want to do I I don't know if we can do that civilization and humanity has progressed because of humankind's need for play and you know you can go back to a hundred thousand or eighty thousand years ago and there were these bone instruments that were found when you know survival was basically you had to hunt and and do everything to survive 24 hours a day, and yet they were still they were carrying instruments. The the, the need to play should never be underestimated, in my opinion. Yeah. We talk about that a lot on, yeah. on this show. And it's, well, you and know, it's, it's funny. We sorry. We just um, started watching Lost. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're, we're a few episodes in, and, and they're at the point where they're now playing golf. Yeah, this to, is not, to keep their minds the occupied. You know, yeah. and I think yeah, play is a huge thing that doesn't happen as much anymore, especially in schools. Right, and and perhaps your childhood in Pennsylvania also, uh, you've always had this uh, very much alive, this idea that you get out of the urban grid and, and that there's this whole other... Yeah. And you do and you make. Jeff's, you know, one of the most self-directed makers, so industrious. You know, he's always working with his hands and creating and doing. Well, and I think in that way, he's just... An artist, right? And mm. that's how he rolls. So how did we get from this, this vision that you have mm-hmm. to blocks, trucks, and okay, art? Okay, so, how you know, did, I said to my wife, I said, look, you, your background as an educator is, is you're, you're at the cream, you're, you're at the top of your game. And my, my 10 years at Rockstar, you know, I was seeing where the um, corporations were going. Uh, you know, you had to put in 80 hours a week to, to keep a job. And I wanted to spend time with my son. Right. I saw my co- colleagues not seeing their kids anymore because they're working. And I said, you know, it's time for me to take a, take a, a, a different switch, um, change of careers. And I said to Angela, look, let's get a trailer. We'll find a place to, to house it, um, a school, maybe a camp, like she said. You create a program with your background in education. I'll mix in some of what I do. You know, my, um, I, at the time, I was just thinking DJing. Uh, and the biking design. and my design, right. but the biking wasn't even a part of it. Yeah. And uh, a friend of ours at the time said, I know the wife of the founder of Hayground School out in uh, Bridgehampton. Set up a meeting with Jon Snow. 
Right. John, uh, we told the idea, and he said, I love it. Yeah. I've, I've actually walked dogs and, and encountered John. John's awesome. He's, He's a really special person. He's changed our world. Yeah. Um, and we came with him to him with Luca in tow on a snowy March day. All we had was the cab of Big Mama. Like we said, we didn't have the trailer yet, but we came in our car, we drove from Brooklyn, and we said, we have an idea we want to approach you with, and it, it's out there, but we have this truck, and we have this idea where we want to bring our truck to your camp this summer, and we want to have children play and have a real deep sensory experience through blocks and through collaboration, through art, inside and around our truck. That's all we said. He right. was like, buy the trailer, done we're doing it wow there was nothing else we had to say he knew my background in city and country and we knew that hay ground was going to be a good fit because of their pedagogy and philosophy right with you know child-led learning and um really materials based and And so so their their connection to the outdoors because like ella does the the farmer's market you know the farmer's markets and all of that kind of stuff yeah and big mama when you see a picture of her and architecturally and she's a sculptor so i think to him it was also very interesting artistically to have this installation that you know was this visual amazing old school rig right um but also with this family living inside of it <laughs> we, we lived in the truck for the first three summers while we did the program you lived well, in you the just truck? buried the lead that's yeah. amazing what um, was that like so it 75 was... days a summer 2015 2016 2017 the and three of us lived inside the truck we are not camping. Where, where, and you had a port. How did you well, shower? The cab has, really well, the cab, the, the cab has bunk beds. I mean, this cab back in the day was meant to go on the road nonstop, and you sleep in it. It was beautiful interior. But um, what about ba- bathrooms? Ablutions. Um, so the first summer, we would shower outside of the truck before the campers would get there. We didn't know Hayground had some uh, showers in their gymnasium, so we were dumping um, gallon jugs of hot water from the kitchen over our head in the middle, <laughs> middle of the field in Bridgehampton. Dude, we have showers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's amazing. They, well, they didn't know how we were. They just assumed we knew they had showers. Right. So the first so summer, funny. we were literally doing it. So how many years have you been doing this now at Since Hayground? Since 2015. Right, right. Four summers, okay. I think. Last though, right? summer was the f- summer number four. Well, we're going to take a little break now. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Ocklin. We're talking with Jeff and Angela from Blocks, Trucks, and Art. And... We've been talking about the truck, but we've got more mortar art, and bricks. I, think it's, and I know what art. comes next. So. <laughs> so we'll be right back after this. The following is a public service announcement from 88.3 WPPB. Founded in 2002, Fighting Chance is a free-of-charge cancer counseling and resource center independent from any hospital and funded solely by charitable contributions located in Sag Harbor on Long Island's East End, providing patients and their caregivers free access to a variety of resources and professional counseling. More information at fightingchance.org or 631-725-4646. The monster's gone, he's on the run, and your daddy's here. Beautiful, 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 beautiful boy. Beautiful, 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 beautiful boy. Well, we're 
back on Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We're coming to you from the Spur in Southampton, which is this incredible co-working space, which has all sorts of really interesting things. You can learn more about it on their website, thespur.com. And uh, we are broadcasting on WPPB 88.3 FM. 883WPPB.org. You can donate because it is NPR, and you can also help support this program as well. And we have Jeff Mayer and Angela DiVincenzo from Blocks, Trucks, and Art. We've been talking. Your story is so fascinating and poignant. really shows how our lives can switch directions, but how when it's right, you know it's right. So, so, that, so and we've, we've touched on Blocks. We've tr- touched on Trucks. Mm-hmm. Now it's Art, which is, you know, Good luck just trying to encompass Put that. that in. Uh, That's actually easy. <laughs> well, As of today, yeah, yeah, it's easy. We have an art gallery in Sag Harbor now. All right, that, that's it. Well, oh, drive go. home safely. We're right. done. Mic drop. We're out. Mic drop by Jeff. Okay. okay. So it does. It, so the 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 chapters keep rolling out. You know. So like a big truck. Like a big truck. Right. We were stationed at Hayground these past four summers, rolling out our program. We added the biking, so that's back to the BMX piece. And we started to get some serious momentum and feeling like, yeah, Again, we're doing like the a right truck. thing. You know, it's yeah. funny. We were asked, John Snow actually said, you guys should call yourselves Blocks, Trucks, and Bikes. And I'm like, it doesn't have the same ring. Yeah. No. Yeah. Even and though our, the biking po- program has really taken off, um, it's one of our biggest things. All right. So let's talk about that briefly. Like, what is the biking program? So long story short, uh, while we were living on the truck, uh, we brought a few things with us, knowing we would be living in this trailer in our truck all summer. We brought a thousand vinyl records, my turntables, because I could not live without music. We had uh, we brought our um, nice living room couch, <laughs> and it, we put in the trailer, and we brought our bikes to ride around out here. We figured we we're going to be near the beach, and um, you know we didn't realize you really can't ride on the roads out here. Um, but we rode around the property, and, and uh, the parents would see Luca, how old he was, five, five at the right. time, flying around the campus on, on a BMX, BMX bike, bike. <laughs> and they were like, "How does your son know how to ride?" and they're like, where do you learn how to ride in New York City? And I'm like, well, I'm, here's my background. Yeah. I was a pro BMXer back in the late 80s. I guess some of it's genetic. Um, and then I started teaching bike lessons. I started, parents were hiring me to teach their kid how to ride bikes after school in a field. And you know, I, I, you just bring me back because I was brought up on the Upper West Side like Alec. And, you know, we went to high school together and we both had... Um, well, I, I was in a, a building that had a big courtyard, mm-hmm. and I literally was like a hamster. I learned how to ride a bike in the yeah. courtyard, and I would go around. Well, I learned how to ride on 86th Street, though. I, re- I learned on the right. sidewalk of 86th Street. That's how I, where yeah. I learned to ride a bike. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, I, I think it's different back then. Like Kids nowadays, I think parents are more, is the, is the right term, helicopter parents? Where, you know, they it was don't a want simpler the, time. The kids are not going out like they used to on it's their own. It's amazing or, how many children don't know how to ride a bike. You would be shocked. No, I wouldn't be. And we were having like lines of parents outside our trailer in the morning wanting to sign up for right. bike and lessons. And a few moms remember, also wanted lessons. They were yeah. ashamed right. and embarrassed, but, but, but they're but, like, but, right, but, I don't know how to ride a bike either, but this wasn't even a part of the original program. The program was more about blocks and open-ended materials. Right. Because our feeling was, well, if we're going to open up shop at this camp, 
We want to offer kids something they don't get enough of in school. What don't they get enough of is collaborative time to really create. Even in the top progressive schools, private schools in the city, I was finding that that time and space to create and work on something as a process is lacking. Um, so that was the emphasis for the programming on the truck those now, summers. Speaking of the programming and the truck, have you now been to other no. locations? Not yet. No, you know, Not so yet. that's what got us out here full time is, you know, we're three summers in um, before this year and we realized we were meeting more of the locals that, you know, summer programming ended at the end of summer and there was a lot of local kids out here that weren't getting access to any of these programs. Either they couldn't afford it or they were too, the, the programs are too busy during the summer. Right. And I or said they it, just run during like a, you know, like during a spring break or something like that. Right. Um, and I said to my wife, I said, look, you know, let's, um, let's uh, 25 in year, years in the city, I was ready to leave. I'm like, I love New York City. It's an amazing place. But I, I'm from the country. So having the country element near the ocean to me was like winning the lottery. Right. And I, I said, let's move out there and try, try to take a stab at this um, year round. And you know, we've come up with this way to get local kids. We're doing this whole membership package now where these families we've met that can afford to become members of our program, mm-hmm. um, we're giving back, uh, you know, like the gold membership gives two bicycles, two $450 brand new bikes back and scholarships to two local children year round. So we're getting all these all kids locally program. who don't have the money so into what the a- program. So what age group do you service? Three to 16. Three to 16. Yeah, okay. so the block and, building and, and, and stuff is more early so childhood and go um, up. Your history as an artist, were you a visual artist on top of being a DJ or were you more of an audio artist? You know, I, I, it's, I did a lot of photography for fun when I was a kid. Uh, I drew a lot. Right, but, but you build things. I mean, you yeah. both build things from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. I've right. always just been building, I guess, I, you know, just building a lot of ramps. Right. You know? <laughs> right, because... I would say lighting. I mean, you know, he built... I, would, I don't know how to just put him in a nutshell as a, as a designer or an artist, but space and... He's made has a lot of work. I think in, like, in lighting. Right, but the reason the reason I, I my mind went there is because I'm hearing this, and you're building up in the crass term is you're monetizing the things you love, yeah. but you're building up a a business that did not exist, mm-hmm. a need that you found was there. Yeah. And when you say you, you have these scholarships and these bikes, I mean I go to the place where you have to have the relationship with the bike manufacturers. You have to have you have to have, be able to bring in. Mm-hmm. assets it's it, this is and this is a dazzling it's dazzling that you're doing it here on the east end yeah for me yeah thank no you. i mean you know, thank you it's been i you know I, i'm my wife tells me i'm good at uh networking <laughs> and i have a lot you know I've, I've made a lot of friends over the years in the pro bmx world so well we met you at the Almond yeah at Almond. Really, and that really was my first tried. ironically that was my first and, that was event, too. And, too. and i thought it was an amazing event and I, we've known almond since we started hay ground yeah and uh, i'm glad i got to make it over there and meet you guys yeah we sat at the same table because yeah. it was like well, i came late and it was the only table yes it was like literally go hang out in the back in the dark we were the only table that had a seat available because no one wanted to sit with us it was the perfect table in the house cool kids table yeah, but anyway, so now you have this gallery in so Sag Harbor, yes. Washington. And, and what kind of art uh, are you showing in the gallery? So right now, basically, the the idea is um, we unloaded our entire eighteen wheeler. All the art, the turntables, the records, the bikes, everything in it is now in the space. So we're basically treating the gallery as a showroom but for wait, our. What our happened program. to Big Mama? Big Mama doesn't do well in the winter. She's not oh. heated and. Oh, okay. It gets but she too still cold. exists. You have Big oh, Mama yeah. lives at Hay Ground right now. You didn't take her behind the shed now. with a no. shotgun. No. Never. No. 
Big Quite Mama the opposite. Went, went to live up in a farm upstate. <laughs> Big Mama. Big so Mama hard. actually has a. We're we're writing a children's book about the life of Big Mama. Oh, um, so right oh. now, though, in the gallery is we're really with, with the installation. The exhibition, what we're showcasing, is the program so that the local community can get wind of who we are and what we do. So we have a lot of documentation on the wall and photographs, and we're using this spring, early, well, we're in winter now, obviously, right. but this spring we're really going to use the space to sign up for our program um, and for people a meet and greet to meet who we are, the thinkers and visionaries behind the program and the work. It's a hub for Jeff and I to work and organize and structure the rollout of what we do. Do you have your and hours posted on your website? No, yes. you know we have. <laughs> you will. We're, by the we're time in this, this right now. We're yeah. only allowed to be open as an art gallery until our change of use gets approved. Oh, okay. um, so once right now we're, we we're will have small group workshops for children okay. in the space. I will also open up my private practice in the space. So as a learning specialist, I work with kids who are dyslexic or who have any any kind of reading disabilities, but also enrichment kids who need a little more, right. and, and, like book groups and things like that. And, and, and again, I'm going to pop back this. I'm. I'm full-time resident here about three and a half years and one of the great bridges I crossed was was post Labor Day pre-memorial day of, of seeing how rich the life is out here yeah um, how are you guys been uh, navigating that aspect how are being full-timers now for several years uh, we just moved here in June. Even better. Well, full-timers <laughs> yeah. full yeah. for you know, eight we months. Learned Tumbleweed Tuesday was the first day we actually saw the beach. Okay. Because um, our summers are so busy. You know, right. We're putting 13-hour days in, seven days a week with the biking and the blocks. And uh, it's amazing. I, I can't believe what a nice life it is out here. Yeah. You know, it's just nice visually, the air quality. Uh, people have been great. You know, we're we love Sag Harbor. We, yeah, yeah. Yes. Where, where are you getting your dog? We are. We fell in love with this Sheepa Doodle in town, and we got the name of the breeder, so the dog will be coming nice. from Kansas. City. I got an ARF dog. I, I did a rescue dog when I moved out here. It's the first dog I ever had in my life. Yeah. I have a Korean meat market dog who's uh, shipped, shipped in over on Korean air. Yeah. But that was a yeah. big So I think we Luca. need a dog, like, right? we move out Absolutely. there, we'll get you a dog. We promise right. you. Do you have a name in mind already? We yes, do. we have a few names, but we really like Lucia. Like oh, Luca. That's beautiful. Like Luca. Oh, Luca and sweet. Lucia because they will be partners for sure. Absolutely. So what is your website? Our website is www.blockstrucksandart.com. Spelled out. A-N-D. Yep. Go and on. our Instagram is without the and. It's just at blockstrucksart. We do a lot of, most of our posting, updates, events, info is on our Instagram. Um, we will be hosting open houses at the gallery on Saturdays from 4 to 6. And it's just a two-hour pocket of time for families, people from the community to see the space, see the work that we have been doing, and to hear more about our summer programming out here. And you do bring in other artists, don't you? Because we're going to start in the summer, we're going to start bringing in um, you know, every two weeks, two to three weeks, we'll probably bring in a different artist and basically have their show up. Uh, the idea is to have maybe either uh, some, uh, all the funds that we make on the art goes to the space to keep the space alive. And uh, then at the end of the, the artist show, we're, we're going to have a workshop with the artist on the weekends with kids and then hopefully have a show with the kids art. Right. That's wonderful. And, and again, uh, this is uh, we're, we when we started our show here, we said we're not going to plug anything. And I just want to say to anybody that's listening, to this, go to get yourself to Sag Harbor, to get yourself to to trucks, blocks, uh, blocks trucks, and art. 
and and support uh, you guys because this is Thank this you. is uh, not just Long Island, but any place needs this kind of energy. But it's our energy now, so no, thank you. You know, please. Well, it's we so feel important. like we've landed in the right place. We really do. It's so important to uh, nurture the next generation of creative thinkers, totally. or else we're all going to be looking at our phones all the time. And to stay to stay a child yourself. Like one, one of my favorite yes. anecdotes of Picasso is, is evidently he was watching kindergartners paint, mm. and then he disappeared, and somebody found him kind of in a side room crying, and he's like, "No matter how hard I try, I'll never paint with that freedom." Yeah. Yeah, no, and no, I your think, inner child you know, is important. I think whether you come to Big Mama or the gallery, you know, there is this sense of play even in the physical spaces that Jeff creates. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and it's really, we try to provoke people, kids, whomever, to be stimulated to touch something that's in the gallery um, and, you know, to provoke play. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to ask. I mean, what, how, what, what sort of reaction have you seen? Have you seen parents become more playful because their yeah, kids are engaged? Yeah, people come in the space now. And well, with Big Mama, it was really, I mean, I wish we had like a camera in there because, of course, you're stepping into a truck. Right. But then you step inside and you're like, what? I think this that was the truck? best part. Biggest compliment for me was when a kid would come on and just be like, I can't believe I'm inside an 18-wheeler. Or they'd be playing yeah. or painting and as they would be building, they'd be like, I can't believe I'm in a truck right now. Um, but we would get the same reaction. We hosted a few farm-to-truck dinners inside the trailer on a big farm to table. Farm-to-truck dinners, I love um, it. And we've had some full-on dance parties in the truck, too. So, you know, the truck is multifunctional. So in the summer, what do you see as far as you have the, the brick-and-mortar in Sag Harbor mm -hmm. and you're going to have the truck somewhere? So, so we're going to stay mortar, at Hay Ground, yeah. yeah the brick-and-mortar um, is going to be mostly a hub for me for my block-building groups for small children, young children. I want to build blocks. You could yes. do, like, like ladies' night building blocks. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all should build and play more. And also, um, I'll be tutoring children over the summer. Um, which will be really grounded in more uh, also just social play too is is really important right. so the block building is more than just building with blocks right um, it's really social pragmatics collaboration problem solving spatial reasoning and awareness so there's so much more that goes into it but of course it's a great time but really healthy for um, growing children and then the the literacy piece that I do is also grounded in that progressivist thinking where it's not just teaching a dyslexic A, apple, ah, you know, this is an right. A, it says ah, um, but really contextualizing reading with good literature and writing and expressing thinking and ideas. So all the work that we do is really holistic and really tapping into the whole child. At Hayground, Jeff will be continuing to spearhead his BMX program. There are some plans of having Big Mama be a skate park. Wow. So we Big are Mama this year might become a full skate park with DJ booth in the trailer. Now that <gasps> we have so blocks cool. down in our For space. For Luca. Started with Luca. Yes. Luca's idea. <laughs> Luca's, he's, he's, 100% is Luca's like, a skateboarder. Where am I going to skate out here? Yeah, in the city, skating everywhere. place in Amagansett, there's that skate park. Yeah, but yep. he doesn't yeah. dig. Uh, he's not I mean, he's poo-pooing on the skate park out here, but <laughs> yeah. he's a street skater. So it's, it's frustrating for him out here because he can't skate the way that he did in Brooklyn all over the sidewalks when we were going to the butcher or going to the fishmonger, right. going to the cheese shop. Out here, we have to be a little more creative with how we skate with him. So uh, 
So once Jeff, again, he is the he's, he's the leader. Yeah, he's yeah. the leader leading his parents. So now we're going to introduce skateboarding as a part of our program. So our program, the way that we Different our elevator trucks. pitch is like we meet kids through creativity academic learning and physicality. The physicality is BMX and skateboarding. The academic is the blocks and the tutorial. We'll and the sneak in the DJ lessons art. too. That's also <laughs> been a hit. Um, yeah, teach kids how to be And DJs. not just kids. The, yeah, the, I no. can't tell you the adults that oh, I'm yeah, teaching. Oh yeah, I would love uh, to learn how to do that. We have a full-on DJ setup down uh, on old Technique 1200s in the space in SAG. Uh, we have another set on the trailer. So we can get, be caught at both places. And um, I think the DJing is fun. I think do you have a DJ name? You know, yeah. sadly, I, I went under my. <laughs> Wait, I went she under, said yes, and you're saying sadly what? Sadly, I was sad. DJ I sadly, I could not do. <laughs> so, what a bummer! What did, what did Farmer Frank used to call me? DJ broke joke. <laughs> <laughs> broke joke. Okay, that's yeah. DJ. Uh, no, no, but it's DJ I, Jeff, spelt with P H. Oh, okay. That's just been his DJ name for a while. Okay, okay, cool. Well, listen, uh, this has just been an amazing show. We've learned so much, and and. It's such you know, a what, great thing, yeah, I, I fall in love with the center of Long Island every week that we do this show when yep. I, we get to meet people who are just cool, doing cool stuff and actually trying to put positive energy out in the world and uh, are open. Well, so. we thank yeah, you for letting back, us have the opportunity to tell our story, both personally and professionally. And I think this I know this made me feel good. Yeah, this was amazing. <laughs> awesome. A lot of fun. So play, 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 play. And, and listen to your kids. Serious play. Listen <laughs> to Always your listen kids. Serious to your play, kids. such an oxymoron. Play. And uh, you've been here with us Sunday on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex. And our guests, Jeff and Angela from Blocks, Trucks, and Art. And our producer, Kyle Lynch. We're coming to you from the Spur. Thanks to Ashley Heather for hosting us. And we will be back next week. Be well, stay well. Jesus, I don't want to be a candidate for Vietnam, I want to gain, cause all I want to do